Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Hey, we got a great lineup coming up for you here this morning uh, with Montana Talks. Uh, yesterday on the show, uh, we had the CEO of Brickstill Defense, you know, that in huge news. By the way, I've noticed and just a ton of folks are very excited about this news. Very excited for Eastern Montana. Very excited for Glendive, Montana. $125 million investment. Huge news for Glendive. Uh, Brickstill Defense uh, manufactures ammunition. And they're setting up shop in Glendive, Montana. And initially, this is going to be, uh, God, I think 65 initial jobs that will eventually lead to 350 good-paying jobs here in Montana. But, uh, yeah, very excited. People are very excited for this type of business, especially in eastern Montana. Uh, that hasn't seen some of the explosive growth that Western Montana has seen in particular. I, you know, it, it's interesting because if a similar announcement was made in Western Montana, you know, people would be like, that's great, that's good news. But then they'd also be like, oh, yeah, where are you going to live and housing and man, and we've already had a, a bunch of people move in. And and so you'd get kind of this this mixed response, whereas, you know, our friends in Glendive, and I think we all know it, no, man, this is huge news for Glendive. Uh, well, Governor Greg Gianforte, his office and the Montana Department of Commerce were instrumental in 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 in, in helping to make this happen, and as well, uh, and uh, and we caught up with the CEO Andy Mansour of Brickstill Defense yesterday on the show. We also had Jason Stewart, who's uh, with the Dawson County Economic Development Council, on the program yesterday. Uh, today, uh, later this hour of the show, uh, Governor Greg Gianforte is going to join us to talk about this big news as well. We were going to try to sneak him in yesterday, but uh, but we're going to get him in today uh, talking about this this big news in particular uh, and uh, the, the gun and outdoor industry here in Montana. But first, uh, and then we've got the uh, the head of the Montana Department of Transportation, Mac Long. You know, good day to talk about snow plows and cold weather and, and some of the changes being made at the Montana Department of Transportation. He'll be with us in the 9 o'clock hour. But first up, we're going to kick things off. We've got a couple of great guests uh, joining us here in this 8 o'clock hour of the show. State Senator Jeremy Trebus uh, on the phone lines joining us in Great Falls. And then uh, joining us in studio, we've got State Senator uh, Daniel Zolnikoff with us here. Uh, Senator Zolnikoff, first off, we'll start with you. Good to see you. Yeah, uh, it's awesome to be in here. Yeah, well, it's, well, it's you know it's nice weather out this morning. For, wonderful for, drive. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it was a 59 below zero wind chill at McDonald Pass. That was 10 o'clock last night, but uh, it could only uh, it's only going to get colder over the next uh, 24, 48. You know, talk, like, we're going to talk about housing pretty soon, but uh, I've been waiting for a cold snap, a long one for a month straight for the last three years to move uh, some of these people who moved in back out uh, because once they realize that we have about 160 degree range in Montana, they might just say... No, we'll go somewhere else. Yeah, I, I wonder if some of the, the, the Seattle latte liberals in, in Bozeman will say, yeah, you know what, we really don't like this cold. We're going to go back to Seattle. Uh, it'd be nice to kick some of the latte liberals out, but but keep keep some of the other good, uh, solid conservative refugees because uh, there, there's some good folks that have well, yeah, fled those tough. places they'll too. They know, right. they know why they came here. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's still better than the, uh, the human feces transient filled San Francisco that they might have fled from, that's for sure. All right, we're going to talk about this judge striking down the affordable housing bills in the legislature with Senator Trebus and Senator Zolnikoff right after this. 
Look at old Mackey's back. That's right, Mac Long, the director of the Montana Department of Transportation. He's going to be in the house with us for Friday's Montana Talks. We're going to cover all sorts of transportation topics, you name it. Plus, you can call in. If, if I forget to ask a good question, well, you call in with your question. It's going to be better than mine anyway. Great program on Thursday. We had the CEO of this ammunition company that's setting up shop in Glendive. And now coming up Friday, statewide, 9 to 10, the head of DOT. This is where Montana talks. Before we get to, we're going to get to our callers right after this break. Francis and Big Fork, you're up first, young lady. But before that, an important public service announcement to all the illegal aliens out there. Reminder, free health care for illegal aliens in California. Public service announcement, free health care for illegal aliens in California. Just in case any of you are still hanging around Bozeman or anywhere else for that matter. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we got to say a quick hello to State Senator Daniel Zolnikoff joining us on the show this hour. Let's also say hello to State Senator Jeremy Trevis in Great Falls. Senator Trevis, great to have you on the program this morning as well. Yeah, thanks. Good morning. Well, good morning. Yeah, well, hey, let's jump right into it here. Uh, there was this headline uh, pretty much kicking off the new year here in 2024. Judge puts hold on Montana zoning-related laws. Boy, this is just par for the course, isn't it? Here we have, once again, a, a biased uh, left-wing judicial branch here in Montana trying to be legislators you know if they want to be legislators they should do what you did which is run for the state senate uh and and so they're just trying to throw out all of the accomplishments of you your fellow lawmakers and the governor yeah absolutely and i think um you know it was kind of an odd case that the injunction was put in in record time too and filing for legislature opened yesterday so they're free to free to jump in that side if they want to be policymakers yeah, good point. Well, first off, um, catch up our listeners. Remind us, what were some of the affordable housing accomplishments that you felt like, uh, you know, legislators got across the finish line and signed into law by the governor and, and how those bills could have, would have helped tackle uh, the affordable housing uh, crisis that we have in parts of Montana? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of them had to do with single-family zoning, and overturning that slightly with allowing duplexes without local government's approval. So you can build two houses or two two living quarters instead of one. Then AUs are accessory dwelling, dwelling units. They're so-called granny flats, um, kind of a smaller property on a uh, next to a primary residence. But the idea was unforced infill, kind of encouraging density without subsidies and without forcing it. So letting the free market work and getting government out of the way. And if you had to explain to people why do we have an affordable housing crisis or, or how would you describe the affordable housing crisis right now, you you wouldn't think that Great Falls, Montana, going back just a few years ago, would, would, would have a challenge with housing. But Great Falls has seen growth, uh, explosive growth in the Flathead, explosive growth in Bozeman. I would say Billings as well, uh, uh, still con- a solid continued growth there. Yeah, I think, you know, demand and demand, I think, is driven by both populations um, from in-state and 
you know, COVID refugees from 2020 were a big part of that, you know, migration as well. And we're getting some good people. Um, the, the ones that uh, are afraid of the cold, maybe we'll leave after this cold snap. But the other thing I think is home, home loan qualifications are hard. Interest rates are high and availability of housing stock to meet that demand. You know, the supply side hasn't kept up. Yeah, historically, and um, the... Oh, here, flip that other microphone on. We, we just tested that mic, but it doesn't seem like it's working uh, even still for us. There All we right, go. All right, right, there we go. Yes, yeah, right. Senator Zolnikov, jump in here. Yeah, historically, uh, we have had, especially single-family zoning, about seven doors built when we need 10 over the, from 2010 to 2020, and that's when we had the numbers, but it's about a 40-year trend. So we've not been building to meet demand, and single-family zoning has been a huge impact when land, as we keep going, as you know, Billings keeps going further west taking up more ag land that land gets more expensive and then we have more restrictions on what can be built and now they have to be bigger homes so we haven't this supply issue has been going on for decades um and you know there's nothing wrong with single family zoning but if i want to buy a house and i'm say it's a you got a firefighter or a teacher and they have the availability downstairs they can turn into a duplex and uh make their mortgage a little bit more affordable that's all these bills try to do is say hey you can have a little bit more flexibility or you can turn your garage into an adu and you know let mom or grandma move in and you can help her as she ages and everybody wins she's she frees up her home and uh there's an option there it's your property that's all these bills do. got family to watch out for you know nearby and uh, and then oh hey you know you as as the family that's the homeowner now can you know can maybe pay, you know pay, pay off your house faster or with, afford to even buy one now or afford to even buy one now because you can you can break the property in two or you can have a little extra income to help put your kids through college or rebuild your 401k nest egg or or afford the property taxes that keep going up because of the the, the increased value of the cost of housing but that's right yeah well, just think you got to pay 2500 bucks a month in a new mortgage these days for a, a Three hundred fifty thousand dollar home, if um, especially if you had PMI on there. So if you make the average salary of Montana of sixty thousand dollars, you're putting what twenty, uh, twenty almost thirty thousand dollars of that salary right into your mortgage. That doesn't that means you can't upgrade, you can't even furnish it. It's like put the stack the odds against the the younger folks. So this is a way to make things more functional and increase supply and give you your property rights without having any subsidies. This is a complete free market approach. I mean, we can, people are mad at us that we don't subsidize and that we're not giving out big handouts. That's not the solution to the problem. The problem is we need more housing. People say, well, that means more people are going to move in from out of state. They're already coming and they're paying in cash. It's our people, like you and I from small towns in Montana, Glasgow and Roundup, we're the ones who people move in these towns and we can't afford anything. And we're going against cash offers with $10,000, $20,000 over. We have no chance. No chance. Yeah, you know exactly. Like I, I have you know uh, some family members that are from the High Line, and you know young families, young couples, uh, small business owners, and you know, but they're they're new in their careers, and you know, and they got you know brand new baby practically, and yeah, try to get get into a house, and they can't do it right now. Well, frankly, you couldn't do it three years ago, but now that Joe Biden and John Tester's inflation and interest rates have have screwed everything up, now not only can you not get into a, into a house, but even if you could you're getting into half the house you would have gotten into four years ago the affordable houses are so much work because we have bought one in the last few years uh yeah yeah you, you can barely get into anything well it's a good thing handy because you were telling me how you, you know you, you got the upstairs bathroom painted during yeah. the holidays you, you know you, you better get it done now before the legislature heats up and, and you better let... learn how to do it yourself that's that's right yeah okay we'll, we'll hear more from senator trevis after this as well
Hansand program with the Speaker's Lobby. 2024 will hinge on key players in Congress. Let's start with House Speaker Mike Johnson. He's already facing pressure from conservatives over a spending deal. They're disappointed the package doesn't cut enough spending, but it's unclear if the Speaker is on the ropes like former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan and Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer also bear watching. What will they do with impeachment? And if they don't impeach President Biden, was this duo just making a lot of noise? House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries very well could be Speaker of the House this time next year if Democrats flip control. But Jeffries is starting to see some fractures in his caucus between progressive pro-Palestinian Democrats and others who align themselves with Israel. How Jeffries wrestles with those divisions will test his leadership skills. In the Senate, will Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell return as the top Republican, either in the majority or the minority? And what if former President Trump wins? There's lots of antipathy between Mr. Trump and McConnell. And watch to see if McConnell has a repeat of his health scares. With the Speaker's Lobby, Chad Pergram. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, I mentioned how it was a judge in Gallatin County uh, who put a hold on these affordable housing bills that passed through the state legislature. And, and we're seeing this as a, as a pattern from the judicial branch here uh, that is largely controlled. You know, you've got a liberal mob. Uh, controlling the Montana Supreme Court. A majority of the judges uh, at the district court level across Montana were appointed to the bench by Democrat governors. And so, so now these, uh, now these uh, judges are trying to put a halt to Governor Greg Gianforte's accomplishments. They're trying to put a halt to the Republican supermajority's accomplishments. But these affordable housing uh, bills, for example, have bipartisan support. In fact, Danny Tenenbaum, a former Democrat uh, representative out of Missoula, said, quote, this ruling will lead to more sprawl, plain and simple. If we can't create more housing within existing cities and towns, our only option will be more subdivisions in rural areas. And that will decimate wildlife populations that are already facing pressure from outward growth. Uh, there's also a quote here from uh, uh, Nathan Dugan with uh, Shelter WF from Whitefish uh, talking about how Montana is facing a severe housing crisis uh, created uh, first and foremost by a housing shortage. He says the longer the can gets kicked down the road on making more housing available, the worse the crisis will get. Uh, State Senator Jeremy Trevis, what's your reaction specifically to the arguments that the judge made for putting a hold on these affordable housing bills? Uh, well, a few things I thought about that. Um, one, the, you know, the, this new LLC with uh, the plaintiffs behind it got a ruling, record-time record ruling, like they filed December 15th and they had an order by December 29th. Um, the court accepted the delay of the plaintiffs uh, per the order because of the complexity that the issues presented, but right after stated that the legislature was chaotic and uncoordinated in its approach to policymaking. But there's 150 of us that have to make a, you know, a decision for the entire state. So I don't know if that's a good reasoning on his part. And um, I know there's a couple odd ones, too, like um, that by a duplex bill uh, would have allowed a person to build a duplex on a single-family lot without a public hearing. But guess what? They can build a single-family home on a lot without a public hearing. Um, what's the difference between one and two, really? Yeah, what's the difference uh, and between And there's an open, transparent public process with the legislature. So people had public input. Yeah. Well, and, 
and you know, I, I caught up with you during the break too. You were you were talking about how look, the legislature has the right to make these laws. This is this is in your purview to do just this. And so you have now that now some city officials will push back and they'll say, well, you're taking away our right to pass these zoning laws and to and to strictly enforce these zoning laws. Yeah, but you're taking the rights away from your individual citizens. And it, it reminds me of when Missoula and the liberals on the in the Missoula government were passing laws that infringed on Second Amendment rights. You don't have the right to take away our rights. Right, and it's really a private property issue. Like, you should be able to do within reason what you want on your property, and I think these both bills were widely within reason, plus the state legislature has power over local governing authorities. That's that's our right as a sovereign state and legislature. It's in our Constitution. And the worst part is uh, they just, they, if you build some of these, God forbid someone who's a younger family or an elder individual might move into that neighborhood. But if I buy the house down the street, and I have three teenagers, and we have five or six cars, that's okay in a single-family area. But if we have an ADU, <laughs> with, with Grandma coming in, that, they called it, um, what was it, not just unfair but unequal. And, and I don't think people realize the Constitution gives the state legislature the ability to make the laws for the local and city governments. So the laws that we uh, adjusted... We have the power to do that. That is clear in the Constitution. So we gave the, the cities and counties all their authority. We can take things back if we don't think they're doing a good job. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, and, you know, yeah, you mentioned, uh, you know, families with a bunch of teenage kids. Man, I'm getting there now with a second driver on the way. It's like all of a sudden the cars are starting to pack up, um, you know, and then with my camper out there. And then in the summertime, man, I'm going to be I'm going to be Hank Hillen it. Look out, Bobby. That's you know, exactly we're gonna right. Have, the neighborhood is going to be packed, you know, uh, uh, you know, but that's what happens, you know, as 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 your kids grow and as families grow. And you want to see that in a neighborhood, too. Um, I, I like how Senator Trebus also said, you know, within reason. Because, you know, you've probably seen some develop, some of the development. It's, it's amazing to me what, what cities will approve and then what they won't approve. And, and like for the city of Billings, for example, I've, I've had developers say, I don't even want to build in the city because they make it too hard to do it. So they all want to build out, out in the county. So then that leads to more sprawl, going back to former Democrat Representative Tan, uh, Danny Tenenbaum's uh, remarks here. But then you see some developments in the city where, like, I, I know people that, like, you know, what used to be an open lot behind their house now has a multi-story apartment building looking right down into their backyard. And, and so their kids can't even play in their backyard now without, you know, four, le- five levels of families in an apartment staring down on them. And so that, that you know, that just seems like, OK, like you'll allow this, but you won't allow that. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Jeremy, you got anything else on, on the I mean, you, Jeremy also has like young kids. Right, he is that guy. I'm talking. That's about. right. Yeah, yeah. teenagers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I just on that on that note, um, and they're usually highly subsidized too. So you see these big mega apartment developments, and they're you know tons of tax credits and local subsidies, and and it's not the free market. That's for sure. Um, and I just think you know there's a better way to do it. Let the free market work and get government out of the way, and you know we'll do info. Um, you know, replacing obsolete old homes and tearing stuff down and building new and and the government won't be paying for it. They'll just be moving out of the way. And my, my bill uh, made it a lot easier to build m- mixed use and multifamily in commercial areas. So then oh, uh, sure. that's not happening in residential areas. So we saw Costco move to the uh, the far west end. And what's going to happen there? That'd be, you know, that's a that's a spot that's going to, it's already got a big parking lot. If, and there's things like that of reusing what we have in the commercial areas. 
and then people can live downtown, as I did for five years. Well, yeah, that's that's a great point. But instead, what, what Billings does is they pile all of these apartments all in one place and make it look like Chicago-style. Uh, and Now, they're nice apartments, don't get me wrong, so it doesn't look like, like the projects in, in South Chicago. But you pile all the apartments all in one place, and then they want to pile more all in one place. And it's like, like... Guys, for 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 being so restrictive with your planning, why aren't you planning better? You know, and to, yeah, and to your point, like you could build these multifamily apartment complexes and things in commercial areas, which people that live in those types of apartments they love to do because then they're closer to the restaurants, closer to bars, closer to places to shop within walking distance. That's what people in those types of living arrangements like to have right out their front door. You know, they, right. they don't want to have just houses with kids playing in the backyard right there. They want to have shops and bars and restaurants and gyms and everything. And if they're, and it's also step-up housing. And then if you do that for a while and there's more of it and it's cheaper, then you can save and you can buy your your home and uh, with your backyard and everything. So we're just trying to give the market options. God, God forbid we actually talk about economics in today's world um, instead of, <laughs> right? Like, that's all we're doing. This is all economics. And there's another thing. Uh, new builds are about... 25% cost of the new build is regulatory. People don't realize that. That's how much the burden is for waiting, having cost of capital, waiting for permits, uh, expenses shooting up. I mean, money costs money, and people don't talk that talk. But the longer the delays, the more risk, the more expensive it gets. Exactly, yeah. And interest rates don't appear to be going down anytime soon with Joe Biden and John Tester at the helm. Andy at Whitefish sent us a message on our app my wife and I live in worker housing in Whitefish for free. How do I live in that worker I'm housing? I'm there. I work for a radio stations. Can I live in worker housing in Whitefish? Maybe even just for the summer or like a month during the ski season would be good. Uh, but he says, yeah, it's not even close to reasonable in the Flathead uh, right now with, uh, with uh, the housing prices and everything else uh, e- even still. Senator Trevis, your thoughts? Yeah, well, I was just, I keep thinking, and I keep forgetting to mention this, but, you know, we, we got so much pushback from local governments, um, and, and then Bozeman goes and does a major code rewrite that causes 100 people to show up at their meeting that does what we did, plus more, and I, I, I guess I just have to say, it, I guess it's a good idea when they do it, so, um, or it's their <laughs> idea, but, uh, yeah, so that was kind of all over the news, and I, they, they went pretty far, and, you know, good on them for trying, but at the same time, like, we tried to do the same thing at the legislative level, and their lobbyists completely pushed back against us the whole, the whole time. Yeah, very interesting. Well, we've got a couple minutes to go before we get to our break, and then we've got Governor Greg Gianforte joining us for just a quick few minutes, and then uh, DOT Director Mac Long in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, Senator Zolnikoff, uh, what else is going on during the interim or anything else you wanted to point out? Well, I just want to, on that, that last issue, that it's the irony is that it's a uh, the people who pushed it is a lawyer who lives in a multi-million dollar home is the one who's doing it in Bozeman, I think within the university district, university district where students should live, but that is the ultimate high-end housing and they don't want anybody living next to them in a district where kids are montana kids cannot go to school there or can barely afford to live there and uh they're the ones pushing it in the city where it's funny because you got a great falls senator billings one we're trying to help actual people real montanans in bozeman and you know the camper crisis there like mm-hmm. my family uh when building their home here we lived in a camper four kids two parents for two years and it got negative 40 and there was ice on the outside. So, like, I've been there, yeah. right? I was young. And I was talking with a college kid over the break that wants to go to MSU or wants to keep going to MSU in Bozeman. But it's like, where, where am I going to live? Where, you know, that's how much am I going to spend on this? And, but you're right. The liberals in the university districts in Missoula and in Bozeman, oh, no, no, can't sit here. 
And it's like the homeless shelter in Missoula. They want to put it down in the working class neighborhoods. They don't want to put it in in the university district or the rattlesnake where the professors live. Senator Trebus, your thoughts? Yeah, that's absolutely. That's that, that nimbyism, if you've heard that term, not in my backyard. So, and I am by, and um, we're we're taking taking that back, and we're we're fighting against that, and saying, hey, you know what? There's, all these neighborhoods are for all of us, and you know we need to get supply up so we, everybody can afford the American dream. That's right. Well, Senator Trevis, great, great to catch up with you. We got to do this more often. Uh, let us know whenever you want to be on the show, or just hey, a surprise phone call is always great as well. And I know there's going to be a lot of other topics uh, here in the months ahead with legislative elections and more. And uh, Senator Zolnikov, thanks to you for joining us here this morning. Great to see you yeah, as always. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, I, I heard you gave a great talk about artificial intelligence uh, during a GOP luncheon the other day. We'll have to get you back on eventually talking about that. That is a complex conversation right there, but I'm willing to have it. Yeah, and uh, the upcoming Big Sky Worldview Forum uh, has uh, their keynote speaker is going to be talking about that very topic. So so for uh, for the upcoming Big Sky Worldview Forum, you're going to want to uh, make sure you check that out as well. Quick break. Governor Greg Gianforte should be with us right after this. This is the Montana Economic Minute. Let's put emotions aside and imagine a future where nuclear power was a viable option. What kinds of things would have to happen to make that a reality? The answer is just two simple words, lower costs. Construction cost overruns of nuclear plants are well known, but operating costs compared to conventional alternatives can be uncompetitive as well. Part of what drives those high costs is the technology and what it requires to make it work. Perhaps innovation can burn those down. But a large measure is driven by regulators' insistence that any risk of accident is not tolerable, no matter how small. Other options are possible. Imagine building plants with no nuclear-specific safeguards, beyond, say, putting buffer zones around them in places where radiation from accidents would be unacceptably high. Imagine coming to terms with the fact that in a world with many such plants, some accidents would occasionally occur, where irrational fear were replaced with trade-offs and acceptable risks. I'm Patrick Barkey. Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Research. Securing America. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin remains hospitalized following prostate cancer surgery. And as his treatment continues, so do the questions as to why President Biden didn't know for several days the secretary was in the hospital. The Pentagon's inspector general will now conduct a review of the situation separate from the internal review the department already announced. During a briefing Thursday, Pentagon Press Secretary Major General Patrick Ryder said the lack of notification did not equal a lack of operational oversight. At all times, uh, national security was in good hands and either the secretary or the defense uh, deputy defense secretary were at the helm. However, Ryder admits the department has learned from the situation and Secretary Austin has committed to doing better. Going forward, anytime there is a transfer of authority from the secretary to the deputy, that will include a rationale to include whether or not it's hospitalization. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we got another message that just came in on our Montana Talks app. This came from Dale in Big Fork. Shout out to Senator Zolnikoff. Uh, he's probably the only good one we've got. That's what uh, Dale in Big Fork says here. And for what it's worth, he and his wife, you know, they both serve in the legislature. Uh, he was in the state Senate. She was in the state house. Anyway, Dale says, for what it's worth, 
He and his wife are the only ones who have ever responded to my emails to legislators. Uh, so that's from Dale and Big Fork. He wanted to give a shout out to Senator Zolnikov. Thanks for that message. Uh, let's do a quick look at the temperatures across the state. Actually, let me, you know, I, I forgot. We, uh, we had a conversation earlier this morning with the National Weather Service office uh, uh, here in Montana, just looking at some of the overnight cold temperatures and more, uh, the wind chills uh, that we saw across the state throughout the morning. I'll have to uh, cue that up for you here at some point. If, if not here uh, this hour of the show, uh, get to it for you in the uh, in the eight o'clock hour of the show uh but uh uh yeah let's see um this was as of like six o'clock this morning these are just the temperatures not the wind chill factors kalispell 14 below zero butte 17 below zero 18 below zero in bozeman cut bank was 29 below zero so that's the lowest on the list that was provided here by the national weather service office uh, Haver, 22 below. Lewistown, 26 below. Glasgow, 17 below. Billings uh, had some light snow on the ground this morning, 12 below. Plentywood, 22 below. But uh, the National Weather Service office in Great Falls uh, shared this, uh, I think, late last night, either late last night or earlier this, probably late last night. Some dangerous wind chills being observed, including minus 58 at McDonald Pass, where the ambient temperature has fallen to negative 29 as of 10 p.m. So that's that near 60 below zero wind chill that I was telling you about earlier uh, on McDonald Pass, uh, according to the National Weather Service office in Great Falls. I'll have to go check and see if there's any other crazy weather stats uh, that have been thrown out there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, let's see. Uh, I, I know we're just awaiting a, a phone call from the governor's office. He should be joining us here any second to talk about the big news out of Glendive, Montana, yesterday. Uh, of course, we had, uh, we had the CEO of the company on the show. And if you missed it, you can go to montanatalks.com for the full audio, uh, the, the news, and more. But uh, huge news for Glendive in eastern Montana. An ammo manufacturing business is setting up shop in Glendive with a $125 million investment that should eventually lead to 350 good-paying jobs in Montana. I spoke with the company's CEO yesterday. Andy Mansour is the CEO of Brixtel Defense. They build ammo for our nation's military and her allies, and they make am ammo anywhere from 9 mil to 50 cal. And, uh, of course, Governor Greg Gianforte announced the news Wednesday from Glendive, you know, and talking about, you know, the strength of uh, the gun industry on the ground here in Montana and how many jobs this uh, should eventually bring and more. But uh, but I'll tell you what, our, our friends in Glendive very excited about this news. Really, the whole state, I when I shared this story from our Mon Montana Talks website yesterday, $125 million investment, huge news for Glendive with this ammo manufacturer coming man i i was surprised at just how much how much excitement there is i mean i knew people would love the news i knew they'd be excited about the news but man people are just sharing this story left and right uh they're so excited for our friends in glendive governor greg gianforte now with us uh first off governor uh, congratulations on this big announcement i know you your team and and the department of commerce have been working really hard behind the scenes to help make big things like this happen yeah, Aaron, it's good to be with you. And it is big news for Montana. Um, the, and just a shout out to the Department of Commerce. We 
we stood up a uh, business attraction group, and we've been working with these manufacturers uh, all over the country that want to come to a place where we defend the Second Amendment. And, uh, again, I was with uh, Andy Monsoor, the CEO of Brickstell Defense, in Glendive yesterday. As you mentioned, $125 million investment, 350 jobs, uh, plus national security. They're going to be making primers and loading ammunition so that we don't have to depend on offshore resources. On top of that, today we're announcing a new gun manufacturer investing $50 million in Helena, creating up to 60 jobs. This is Olympus Arms. Uh, Their gun last year at the SHOT Show was voted best in show, and they're going to be manufacturing them here in Montana. Wow. Yeah, I think I remember seeing their products there last year. And, of course, I'll be at the SHOT You'll be at the SHOT Show. I'll be at the SHOT Show. Uh, Andy Mansour and his team from Brixdale Defense will be at the SHOT Show. A lot of Montanans will be there. Did you say, so Olympus Arms doing a, what is it, a $50 million investment in Helena? Yeah, up to $50 million. They're going to employ somewhere between 45 and 60 people over the next few years. They've already invested almost $2 billion. I'm going to be out at the range this morning. They're going to let me shoot some of the guns, and then we're going to go over to the plant and actually do the ribbon cutting. So this is another big win for Montana. Uh, and the reason we've been successful, Aaron, is we have 150 firearms and ammunition manufacturers in Montana already. We have more gun and ammo manufacturers than any other state in the country per capita. And this has really allowed us to really create a magnet because other gun manufacturers, ammunition manufacturers want to come here. Talking to Andy, Andy Monsoor, he said one of the reasons they picked Montana is they're going to be using uh, ammunition loading equipment that they purchased from Alpha Loading Systems down in Stevensville, so it's all in the family. Yeah, and I know you've been a big fan of Alpha Loading Systems for some time. Uh, you know, it's going back to Brickstale Defense and Glendive. I mean, it's incredible news. I think people are really excited. A place like Glendive really, really needed and needs this kind of economic development because of the attacks on coal uh, several years ago. They lost some railroad jobs because of the attacks on coal coming from the left. But, but you you touched on it here. You know, you know, in ammo man, here's here's an American company making ammo for our, our American armed forces, and they're making it, and they're going to make it here in Montana and here in America. Uh, and this is really big because I know uh, Gun Talk Radio, Tom Gresham and Gun Talk Radio, he's been reporting here recently on uh, on how some of these uh, ammo manufacturing businesses have basically been, been sent overseas. So to have an American company making this stuff in America and here in Montana is huge, and, and it's an exciting industry that Montanans want to work for, want to be a part of. Yeah, and this they're going to uh, uh, – Brickstale is going to – they estimate they'll make about $1 billion, with a B, primers per year in Glendive. And it, it, just the global market, uh, about 12 billion rounds manufactured per year globally. So that's about 8% of the world uh, uh, supply of primers are going to come out of Glendive, Montana. One billion with a B primers are going to be made in Glendive. That's incredible. Uh, that's incredible. That gives us national security, and it's going to create jobs on the ground in Glendive. Well, and, it, 
and it seems like there's a number of factors why businesses like Brickstool are now this big announcement you just made about Olympus Arms coming to a state like Montana. One, it's, hey, our tax environment has improved remarkably since you took the helm as governor. More business friendly, so more are moving in. But also, we've got a business guy at the helm of the governor's office. So so you're not just looking for some press release, oh, for, for some company to just set up some, some window dressing shop here. You're recruiting real companies that actually build things, that actually manufacture things, but also the regulatory environment. These businesses are under threat in some of these other blue states, so they are fleeing these other places. So the, so that that's uh, that's a big part of why they're coming here. Yeah, and we, you know, there's, this is on top of a number of wins. Duvel going into Butte, creating 450 jobs. Uh, Vacom into Lewistown, 500 jobs. Brickstell, 350 jobs. Oh, today, Olympus Arms, up to 60 jobs. And he, here's the thing. So people say, well, what are you giving them to come here? Well, there's two things. We now at Commerce, we created, we, we established positions as business attraction managers. I put one in California, one in Colorado, one in the Midwest. They're knocking on doors of people. And in California, it's like, hey, do you want to move back to America? It's not a hard pitch. And we're not handing out tax breaks. Uh, that's what Democrat states do. What we're doing is saying, listen, what we can offer you is a quality of life for your employees. And secondly, um, it's, uh, uh, it's a work ethic that will never quit. And that's a competitive advantage that you ought to be able to take advantage of. And that's what's appealing to these companies is the regulatory environment, the tax climate, and the work ethic of the Montana worker. Yeah, and uh, and and local folks who can fill these jobs too, especially for like an ammo manufacturer. And uh, no, I, you you just made a great point there, Governor. And Governor, if you can, I got to take a hard break here. If if you got to run, I understand. But if you want to stick around, I'd, I'd love to come back to you after this because you made a great point there about you don't just go to some company and say, "Hey, we'll give you a bunch of perks. We'll give you a bunch of money if you set up your business in Montana." But meanwhile, give no perks to the Montana businesses. You're propping up Montana business. Businesses, uh, uh, you know, with perks, etc. Your morning espresso starts right here. It's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. They're only showing up because he and his lawyers are confident that Joe Biden's Department of Justice is not going to prosecute them. Otherwise, there's no way they would have showed up. Now, he doesn't want. They make a big sting. Oh, we want to. We want this to be public. It will be public. After you go through the normal process, like everybody else, of doing a closed-door deposition. And the White House would not comment or say whether they knew that Hunter was going to crash the hearing and insist, well, he's a private citizen who makes his own decisions. This is not a Hunter Biden issue. Everyone thinks this is about Hunter. No, this is about Joe Biden. The fact that Hunter defied a congressional subpoena means he should be treated the same way people like Bannon and Navarro were treated. It's that simple. The Sean Hannity Show, from coast to coast, later today. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. 
four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Look out, old Mac is back. That's right, Mac Long, the director of the Montana Department of Transportation. He's going to be in the house with us for Friday's Montana Talks. We're going to cover all sorts of transportation topics, you name it. Plus, you can call in. If I, if I forget to ask a good question, well, you call in with your question. It's going to be better than mine anyway. Great program on Thursday. We had the CEO of this ammunition company that's setting up shopping Glen Dive, and now coming up Friday, statewide, 9 to 10, the head of DOT. Did you get a call or message that mentioned Social Security that made you feel threatened or scared? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, press you for personal information, or demand instant payment. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Don't fall for it. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to OI. Start learning a new language today. Go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. The Ramsey Show. If I thought with my 40 years plus in the financial world that your best shot at having a high quality life was a universal income, I would be for it. But I don't think it is. Your best quality of life is when your character is increased with discipline, grit, the ability to overcome obstacles, a belief. Weeknight starting at 9 right here on News Talk. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Well, we had the big news, the big announcement on the show yesterday. We had the CEO of Brickstill Defense right here with us on Montana Talks. We also had uh, the head of the Economic Development Council for Dawson County on the show yesterday. And uh, and today I thought, man, this is a great opportunity to talk with the governor about this big news that he announced Wednesday night. $125 million investment in ammo manufacturing business setting up shop in Glendive, Montana. But then the governor announces even more news today and this big investment by Olympus Arms in Helena, Montana. Uh, Governor, I understand you you talked with uh, with Andy Mansour, the uh, the CEO of Brixdale Defense yesterday. He called us. They were in the middle of a job fair in Glendive to try to fill these jobs that are coming. And I guess he called you and, and said they had an incredible turnout yesterday at the job fair. They did. And here they're planning on hiring about 350 people in Glendive, but their initial tranche is going to be about 65. That's what they're trying to hire right now. And so this was one of the concerns that people raised is like, can they find these people in Glendive? Because it's a, it's a great community, not quite 5,000 people total. So I asked Andy, they were doing it with the chamber and Dawson College working together. And he said after the job fair, they had a tremendous turnout. They're very encouraged. And one gal, she said, this is so important because my husband, we live in Glendive, but he can't find work in Glendive. He's commuting to North Dakota. This is going to allow him to have a good 
paying job in Glendive and and just lose the commute. Well, that's why I was so excited about this this news in particular, because we've seen explosive growth in western Montana and in the bigger communities. Eastern Montana's had some struggles. You inherited some struggles in eastern Montana from your predecessors. They were attacking coal, and that, that harmed railroad jobs in Glendive. Uh, they were attacking coal, and that shut down the coal plant in Sydney, and then and then, essentially, and then eventually the, the sugar beet factory uh, closed as well. And so there were a lot of people working in these in these plants and in these factories, and if they're still around, what a what a great a great opportunity in front of them right now it's just got to be such a huge boost well what this is going to do when you bring jobs like this in it brings additional money into the community it 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 makes the economic pie bigger everybody gets a slice so these some people are going to move to glendive for these jobs they're going to need homes that creates construction jobs it it creates work for general contractors and carpenters and plumbers and electricians and there's more disposable income in the community so guess what you get more restaurants and more coffee shops and uh, additional shopping in the community it makes main street more vibrant um and uh economists tell us that when you bring a dollar in from outside it typically bounces around five to seven times before it settles so it's not just the one time it gets spent it gets spent over and over again in the community, making every, it floats everybody's boat. Uh, I got a message here. I know we only got about a minute or so to go. Lucas and Bozeman messaged us. Uh, curious what the timeline is for this ammo manufacturer opening. If I remember right, Mansoor told me yesterday that, hey, maybe by Valentine's Day, mid-February, they could be up and running. Uh, they've already got an 18,000-square-foot facility they're operating out of. Yeah, they have. They're buying their initial loading equipment from Alpha Loading Systems out of Stevensville, Montana. He said they're ready to go. they got to get through the SHOT Show, but they're going to install in the first week of February and start cranking out ammunition in February. Wow. Well, we'll see you and them at the SHOT Show in about two weeks. I'm going to be broadcasting live Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from the SHOT Show here in two weeks. And I know there's a number of Montana businesses that are down there marketing their products. And I know your team's going to be down there. Attorney General Knutson's going to be down there. Governor, we look forward to seeing you there and talking about all this great news. Hopefully Olympus Arms will come join us and more. Okay, thanks for having me on, Aaron. All right, Governor, thanks for the time this morning. Thanks for sticking around after the break as well. Hey, shout out our friend Tim Lee. Our KINX listeners know our friend Tim Lee. He's in the house saying hello. And, hey, if you have have some desires to get involved in the video and video editing space, get a hold of Tim Lee. Man, this guy is the man and very creative. He's a cartoonist and so much more. So I agree. Hey, from Hunter Biden's circus act on Capitol Hill to the presidential town hall with Trump on Fox News, Chris Christie dropping out of the race. There's been a lot of big news in the news this week, but we covered what I think is the most important story, our wide open southern border. Montana Attorney General Austin Knutson testifying in support of the impeachment of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. I have his testimony, the full video and more. Go to MontanaTalks.com and, of course, full audio on our Montana Talks app as well.